Hello, yeah. hello. <laughs> Make some noise for Norma now, y'all. Make some more noise for Norma now, y'all. Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is Norma Moreno, Norma now, and today I'm very, very honored to share the stage with such amazing people to talk about collaboration and the art of collaboration because it is an art of a healthy relationship, right? So um, I would like to welcome my amazing, talented panelists to the stage. We have Trey Tracks, producer and DJ, come to the stage. Make some noise for Trey Tracks, y'all. We have Jake Marco. Come to the stage. Make some noise for Jake, y'all, one time. And last but very, very not least, the amazing Joe K of Selection Sound, Sound of Tomorrow. Make some noise for Joe K, y'all, please. Make some noise. This is a legend in the making. And also Dom, his. Oh, no? And Joe K's manager, Dom, and also Selection. Dom. <laughs> but first and foremost, I think that you guys should introduce yourselves because you guys do a better, a better job of describing the various amount of things that you guys do and how you've, you know. Does this one? All right, this one works, cool. So what's going on, y'all? I'm Trey Tracks, I'm a producer, DJ. I don't produce, I don't produce for like Saucy Santana, Lotto. Just dropped something with T.I., a whole bunch of people, so. Go ahead. My name's Jake. I manage a Florida-based artist named Snot. I also represent an act from Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania named Eam Triplin. Check, check. Uh, my name is Dom. I manage Joe and help oversee the selection business alongside Joe. Uh, I'm also a uh, talent buyer and tour promoter for Golden Voice and AG Presents. Check, check. Mic check, one, two. Y'all hear me? What's up, world? Joe K representing selection. We came all the way from Los Angeles. Miami's a second home. And uh, yeah, selection is a lifestyle. So happy to be here. Bless. Okay, this round of applause for our amazing panelists. All right, so the discussion today, I really wanna lead with having it as a conversation. Um, I think it's important to talk about collaboration and what that means. I think a lot when with networking and with creatives, we kind of try to speak on, oh, you know, like let's build, like how do we collab? It's like taken very, you know, in, in a comical sense, but in reality, so much of what we do as creatives and entrepreneurs in this industry is build relationships, and that's what collaboration is. And so I think that it's amazing to have this set of people because it shows the spectrum of what happens when you have healthy, positive relationship building. So with that, I would love to talk about 
um, how do you, in your each respective industries, you know, from the studio to backstage to um, the, in the office, how do you guys set the tone for an environment, you know, like kind of set the mood for a positive collaboration? And Trey, I, I think with you, it's you and um, Jake, I think you guys can speak more of like in the studio, you know, when you guys are, whether it's showing music or, or uh, maybe collaborating with another artist. Like, how do you guys set that mood in the, in the studio to be able to decide if you want to work with someone? Well, I'm very big on like, I don't, I say this to everybody, I like to work with people that I'm friends with or that I'm just cool with, I can have a conversation with, whether we just vibe or just talk about life because it's easier to set like, you know, the tone and set a mood. I learned them, I learned what makes them tick, what makes them work, what makes, what gets a different vibe from them. So like, for instance, for the studio, if I need like, you know, a certain vibe out of them, we're doing a party song or a sad song, I might, you know, for a party song, bring some people to the studio and some friends and, you know, hookah, liquor or whatever, but I know what they like, whether they like it or not. So that it's, you know, to get the best collaboration, you have to learn that person and learn what works for them, really, and be open like that, so. For me, I think that, to, to piggyback off that, I think one of the most important parts of collaborating, in my opinion, is being kind and leading by offering the first favor. And if you put your hand out in a new relationship and say, how can I help you? And how can I, what can I bring to the table in this relationship versus approaching a situation and saying, I want this, give it to me. How much does it cost? It, that's the way, in, in my experience, you build long lasting relationships and real partnerships. How do you, how do you turn the conversations into? One is transi trans transitional, uh, but at some point, it's how you you know form a friendship with these people and trust in them. You know, because my other point too is that uh, collaboration is like a vulnerability of trusting into in another person to be able to trust their vision, trust their ear, trust their feedback. And so I think it's important to speak on, you know, especially when you're making music and not having yes men around, like how, how do you kind of filter through, through kind of like categorizing personalities and people? It, and especially in a studio environment, I feel like where you need like immediate feedback to be able to create the sound or the music that you guys are working on. Okay, so I think it's very, I think the important part of that is that you gotta learn people's boundaries and what they're okay with and what they're not okay with because we're all creatives here and it's, it's very a vulnerable space. When we make music, you might try something that you're not comfortable with. You might be embarrassed to try something in front of everybody. So like, it's just um, making somebody feel comfortable, learning what they're okay with. Like, you know, people might not be okay with you just laughing at them you know, you, that's not, that might be how you joke, but not everybody's like that, but just in certain situations, just, you know, teetering close to, you know, I might try this just to see how you react or anything, you know? So that's how I do it. 
well, I'm not a creative, but um, in my experience with helping artists collaborate, you know, it's always the, the best results have come from collaborations between artists that genuinely want to work with each other. And I think in today's day and age, a lot of execs and A&Rs are so focused on consumption and, you know, streaming. When you have a record that you think might move, it's like, let's dump the rest of the budget and pay so-and-so to, to get on the song. But I've always seen that records that last the longest come from genuine collaborations with creatives that fuck with each other. Moving on to the selection sound and the sound of tomorrow and the huge conglomerate of what I imagine selection to be, um, I think it's important to note that, in my opinion, selection in itself is an, a prime example of what collaboration can be in its success. In its success. And my question to Joe and Dom is, um, how do you feel your environment, your attitude, your morals helped shape the producers, the crew, the music, the sound, the shows? Like, I, I think, how do you feel that your roadmap took you to this space? Um, and how, how do you think that maybe others can kind of learn from kind of having the right attitude set for, for setting the right environment for collaboration? Yeah, so I started when I was in... It was 2007, so I've been at this for a minute, like 14, 15 years. A lot of people just found out about Selection or myself or certain artists that we work with maybe in the last couple of years, but this has been like a, a really long journey. Um, it didn't happen overnight, and I think it's always important to start with that because people just tap in on IG or they tap, they tap in on whatever it is that attracted them or whatever piece of real they saw, but this has been in the works endless hours, endless days, right? But I think the biggest key, honestly, is just being uh, intentional. And I think this goes across the board with any business, any platform, any team that you create, any community, is just being intentional with what you do. By, by me just believing in our, my, my biggest gift, honestly, is, is uh, beyond the music, is, is recognizing someone's skill set and, and seeing someone's potential before they do. It's not even about music, it's just about whether we work together, uh, a friend, a family member, if I see something that like, yo, you're really good at this, kind of like empowering them and just like championing them, kind of hyping them up. And that goes a long way, you know what I mean? Everyone has different backgrounds. We don't get that support from family and friends. I know I didn't have it, you know, coming up. So I think that kind of energy has been the, the basis of Selection and what we do. Uh, the music, the reason, the name Selection, it came up just because uh, everything we do is extremely selective. And some people can be like, ah, well, you're, you're t you guys are too picky or it's too elitist. But it's more about, it's not even about that. It's just if we don't feel it, if we're not behind it, if we're not excited about it, then we're not going to put it out. You know what I mean? On all across the board. Uh, and when it comes to our staff and our crew and people we work with, it, it's a choice to be here. We don't, no one got to be, show up, right? And so the people that we have working with us and that we choose, um, I'd rather have people that, that want to be there, that have a great work ethic and have a lot of potential than just being extremely gifted, but don't have the right mindset or don't have... Uh, 
you know, just like team, team or people working skills with each other. And we're, and we're always down to work on people and develop them. But most importantly, it's about having the right people around. You know what I mean? So it's just everything's with intention from the music, the art selection, uh, the people we bring around, uh, the things we post, the messaging, the caption. Every single step that we do is very intentional. So that's, I think, is the main ethos of what uh, has gotten selection to where we're at. And, has kept us alive, you know, we're still here going on 12 years, you know? So I think it's just being uh, very thoughtful about everything. It's the, the selection ecosystem. It's crazy because Joe's a face, and, um, but we have a big team, you know? It's definitely all the things that we've been able to accomplish is all possible because of the, the people that he's empowered, um, the people that I work alongside really just giving people what we feel are the right tools to go out there and um, just accomplish larger goals. Um, you know, we just came back from, Joe just had his biggest show ever in London, and prior to that, Selection had its biggest show ever in London with 5,000 people, and we feel like a lot of that is just part of the community of people who listen to the music, listen to the radio show, fuck with the producers that Joe or Sahar on the desk from our team I put on and it's just been a big family community moment for the last 12 years and I've actually was first I was a fan going to the shows and that's actually how we even got to meet I was yeah. just at the shows enjoying he, he it. He booked me for a show it was like Gold Link myself he booked me for a show he was in college doing doing a promo you know doing shows and he put it together and that's how we met so it's crazy because he started booking me as and then now he's my manager and he runs the business operations with me so it's like there's probably someone in the crowd right now you never know like someone watching that can be on this stage in another year five years from now you never know you know what I mean so I always try to I met I was just in South Africa and there's these uh, South African Ama Piano producer DJs uh, TXC and they told me like three years ago they were in the crowd you know at, at our stage watching us play and now they're Right up there with you know Uncle Waffles and Major League and them and they're now now they're they're viral you know what I mean now they're killing it and so to hear to hear stories like that you know someone in middle school high school killing you know just watching observing studying whoever it is their favorite artist and then all of a sudden two to five years they have the opportunity to be like right in that position you know what I mean so it's really just championing those those kind of people you know what I mean I would love to hear what is your guys' opinions on kind of strong like do's and don'ts about approaching someone to collaborate or to work with them? Um, you know, I have, I have, you know, it's always like the power of like how you write a re an email or how you send a text, but what are some kind of call outs of do's and don'ts that you guys would say like are automatic red flags? Like, you know, that. Um, well, my biggest thing is that I think it's hard for some people, but I think putting your pride aside when trying to like, you know, reach out to somebody is very key. Um, I feel like sometimes artists, you know, they have their ego trips and they let their pride get in the way of things or not even just artists, you might just be like a business person just letting your pride get in the way of things. Just put that to the side because you never know what opportunity lays on the other side of what you have going on. So it's like, just walking through that door might open like 10 more doors, but if you just your pride's covering it, you might not get through that one door. So that's just what I'm big on. Um, hmm, do's and don'ts. Just keep it organic. 
I mean, you know, he, he kind of mentioned it, but just keep it organic. Um, we try not to force anything when it comes to relationships. And we just try to, I always take the approach of if it's meant to happen, it'll work itself out. Um, and that usually has worked itself out. So things that are meant to happen usually come to fruition. Um, and just, you know, just be diligent with your work. You talked about how to message people and um, just messaging in general. Joe is Mr. Messenger. Like he will look at the email. He's, he's not an artist that is not involved in the business. Like he is the one sending the emails. He looks at the IG captions. And I've learned from him that that communication is just so important to the authenticity of how he communicates with other artists, fans. Test, test, test. They said it should work now. Still only the front? Well, I'd love to hear. Um, All right, we got it now. Okay. I'd love to hear um, who are some people that you guys aim to collaborate with in the future? Kind of like, uh, and how do you even, how do you make that a reality, right? Like if you were like, oh, I want to collaborate with Kate Trinata or something. Like how, what is that, what, what would you guys who is someone that you want to collaborate with in the future? I think, uh, real quick, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this. Uh, it kind of goes back from the last question, but just in terms of collaboration, it, I'll streamline right back to this, but um, you can't force a collaboration. It has to come naturally. I think you have to just work on yourself and just keep creating um, and keep pretty much putting out the best work that you could put out because it will eventually attract the right people. Even being here to this, at this very moment, right? Like, I've been on SoundCloud since 2008, right? Using it as a, as a fan, as a curator. And here we are now. It took about 11, 12 years pretty much for... We, there was, there's always been synergy between myself and SoundCloud and the, and the family, but... You know, 11, 12 years, I went from being in my bedroom, being, you know, in college, and now we're here, right? So this was something that happened organically. It's not something you can email, you can meet someone from the staff here and be like, hey, here's my thumb drive, here's what I do. 
but most of the time you're you're calling and if you're if the timing aligns it'll come through so it's the same thing with artists it's the same thing with anybody that you want to work with I, I really believe it should always be intentional but if it's not your time you got to just keep working at your craft and the best options the best deals the best partnerships the best financial offers always come when the, when when someone comes to you versus you trying to always pitch it, right? There's nothing wrong with pitching an idea or collaboration, right? And if, it do, if they don't get the vision, then sometimes you have to go out and show people. And that was honestly a, a big way of that selection really got started. I was telling you earlier that um, I got a bunch of no's. I tried to apply to a bunch of internships uh, with, with record labels that I wanted to work with, never heard back. And then eventually I'm just like, you know what? I just gotta, I gotta do my own thing. And, and so I started my own label, my own platform. And then from that point, two, three years later, I started getting people hitting me up. People that I used to look up to were now wanting to work. So sometimes you just gotta show people or sometimes your vision might secretly be bigger than theirs, right? And sometimes people get uh, um, intimidated or there's some sort of gatekeeping energy, right? And so you can't take it too personal, but you just gotta go out and do you. And if, and if you're meant to be here, if you have a true vision that's not just copying or carbon, being a carbon copy of something else existing, then eventually that, that can become its own thing, right? And so that's how I feel collaboration is, it works best when two people or two companies, two brands come together and it's, and it's an alignment. They're both parallel and they both make sense at the right time. Sometimes the last thing I'll say is a partnership or collaboration is all about it happening at the, at the right time. There are certain things that we were working on two, three years ago, COVID happened, and actually now we're, re, we're reestablishing that, that partnership, but the time couldn't be better now because now we've gotten more years and experience, so it might have been a little premature back then. So it's all about timing, you know? Um, I definitely agree with Joe as far as like, uh, creating your own table, I, I'm very big on that. Like, if there if there's not a seat at the table, you know that whole saying, you know, find a seat at the table, create your own table. I'm very big on that, and just making that opportunity to make people want to fuck with you instead of like whatever. In certain cases, though, but like just as far as like in my um, you know, in the producing world or even in the music world, if you want to work with artists, just try reaching out. Sometimes they might actually just look inside their DM and just. So happen to click your DM, click your message, and just be like, hey, let's try something. Or another route that I take, if I want to work with somebody, I'll like be like, okay, so for instance, like say I want to work with like Ty Dolla Sign. Boom. I'll find everybody that's under him connected to Ty Dolla Sign. How can I get to him? And just take it step by step by step till I reach Ty Dolla Sign to get that placement and everything. So that's how, you know, you can kind of plot on collaboration and manifest and actually work to make it happen. So, you know what's crazy about what he just said is in today's world, transparency is just such a key uh, indicator, not an indicator, but it's easier for everyone to move now than before. As a promoter, as an artist, as a producer, it's way easier to communicate and connect with people than, uh, you know, 10 years ago or even five years ago. That's just thinking about that. Um, Trey and Jake, that you guys work with artists all the time, how do you guys set goals for who and how you want to reach out to people and um, reach out to different artists? How, how do you uh, go about it? You spoke a little bit about it just now, but 
what would you say is like a, a good game plan for outreach, talking to management, getting them in the studio and getting them to commit basically to, to come in and spend the time and invest the energy with you? Okay, so this is, I'm going to just give some like game real quick. So this is how I came in the game. Basically, I was like 15 and I just would be on Twitter and for me as a producer, I know artist is different or whatever, but I would just simply, <laughs> I would go on Twitter and type in sendbeats2 and type at gmail.com and I would literally make a whole list in my notebook of people to send beats to and I would flood them with beats for like every single day. I would just flood, 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 flood. And I, I say that to say that you can just plot how you want to work with people. So like for this year, this next coming year, I already made my list of every single person that I want to work with, how I want to work with them and where I want to take them and just coming up with a whole vision because you can't really execute anything without a vision. So just plot it out in a way that makes sense and you can execute it simply, basically. That's how I look at it. For me, as a manager, it's about collaborating with my client and figuring out what their goal is and you know most rappers goals are i want to blow up i want to make a bunch of money it's like all right cool what is you know we, we have to take the steps of building the business at every level and we can't skip steps and we have to figure out in each phase who do we collaborate with and where and so when it comes to merchandising you find a a young merch guy on Twitter who says, you know, I'll do a collab with you guys. And then you sell your first 200 pieces. You find small local promoters who are willing to do your clients for a show. And then you find an agent who's willing to do the first tour. And then you, you know, have the conversations with the labels that are willing to put out the first record. And then once you take a step back and look at what you've done over the year and you think, okay, how do we make this three times bigger? Then you just set your sights a little bit higher. And I think, you know, in today's day and age, the skies are really the limit and the ability that we have to move artists' careers from SoundCloud to the Billboard Hot 100, it's never been easier to have, to really build um, from the beginning. And, you know, you set, set your goals very high and just as you move through the individual phases of, you know, 200 cap room, 500 cap room to, you know, 1500 and then into arenas and amphitheaters and, you know, to beyond, you just have to figure out what relationship have I built that makes the most sense and how can, like in each, I guess, avenue of the client's business and how can I help my client win in each part of their journey? I think as a creative and someone who works for themselves, we're so used to seeing, we only see what happens at the end, right? We only see what people put on Instagram. We only see the, the good news. No one posts the bad news. And so, Joe and Dom, I'd love to hear, what do you do when the answer is no? What do you do when someone isn't receptive? How, how do we brave and handle that and turn that into an opportunity to maybe learn and, and grow from that? that but I do think it's important to touch on all of the no's uh, and basically when collaborating goes wrong uh, how have you braved through that in your journeys uh, no that's a great point I think uh, there's not enough 
the, the process and the development and those no's and those losses aren't showcased a lot, but we deal with it all the time. I mean, um, we deal with it every, you know, couple times a month. It could be low level, high level, but yeah, we don't always get opportunities that we envision. You know, there's, there's things that we see that a, a brand or an artist may not see. We don't come together on a partnership. So, you know, it, it's, no, it's never bad blood. It's always just more about, okay, it doesn't align then. So kind of going back to the, the original uh, form of how I got into it is like, okay, if, if you can't see the vision or this person can or this company, then uh, that's more motivation for me to go out and, and find a way to show them and others, right? Um, and again, being, back to what I said, being intentional, not taking everything personal. I think a lot of the times we do, we do take things personal. Um, sometimes you have to show people what your value is, you know what I mean? You, you might get an opportunity on the table and it doesn't match what you think your value is, you know what I mean, what you deserve. So instead of dissing that person or that company or whatever, f either figuring out a way to meet in the middle or taking that and again, doing what you were gonna do with, it, with that company or with that artist or whoever and doing it anyway but in your own way, and using that as just like a, a mood board, using that be like, look, this is what we could have done. Let me let me just show you, and then taking that and and just just developing it over time. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of how taking taking a no or a quote unquote like an L and turning it into a positive. Um, instead of complaint, I see a lot of people. I've been guilty of it. We complain. We go online. We we say things. You get we we let our our emotions get in the way. But I think um, if you can control those emotions, your words, your feelings, and be solution-based, I think that's like the best thing you can do. Instead of wasting time on the negative, let's, let's come up with a solution. What could we do to, to keep it moving? Always keeping it moving, that's like the best thing to do. So that's really the way that we've been able to maneuver, you know what I mean, and just keep making moves. I'd love to open up for any questions because I do think these players, power players here, have some incredible insight on how to make things happen for yourself and how to show and prove and have patience. So I would love to open up to anyone who has questions. You and the white, since you're right here. White. <laughs> uh, got one for Trey. Um, say you get a, your first major placement and it may or may not take off. What do you do after that? Okay, so you said your first major placement, right? Yeah, with a major label. So that actually happened to me, right? So I got my first placement when I was 16. I'm 25 now, so what is that, nine? I don't know, I dropped out, so I, don't, I, I can't do math. But I got my first major placement. It did what it did. It put me in a good place, but it didn't do like the mile, right? And I went, I spent like five years after that trying to figure it out, trying to get my next moment, my next thing, period. And it was frustrating, right? Because somebody actually asked me about this last night. And what you do after that is keep going. Like, you just don't stop. You keep plugging, keep working, stay in the studio. Even if you're not getting paid to be in the studio, stay in the studio, stay around, figure out what works for other people and see how you can apply that to what you have going on so that you can make something happen. So that's my best advice for that. Appreciate that. For sure. Hi, um, my question is for Joe and Lex. You kind of, earlier you mentioned um, selection being a lifestyle. And um, do you feel 
that you had to do certain things or have certain plans in place to kind of like curate that? Or do the music itself, did the lifestyle in the world that you kind of created through selection kind of just manifest itself? Yeah, great question. Uh, yes, I think the music was it, because like when you think about, for those who know about selection, when you think about the music, you can't really categorize it. It's like so many different styles and genres. So it's, it's an odd question for me, like how, when someone new asks me, so what do you do? What, what is selection? I'm, it's, it's really difficult, but I think through the branding and through the messaging, uh, you know, our socials, the artwork, um, just everything that we do, the aesthetics, the interior design, the way we, uh, the merch, the messaging that we put, all that goes hand in hand. So I think um, between us talking about what it means to us and then us showing it visually and, and then also people interpreting it through the music, you got the music, you got the merchandise, you got the shows, we're meeting, we're shaking hands in person. Um, I got the radio show as well where I'm able to speak about what this music means to us how I'm finding these artists, all those things become a lifestyle organically. Um, but it, took, it takes years to develop that um, and us being consistent, pushing out those certain things and it progresses over time and the brand changes, the messaging changes, but overall it's always been uh, very, very well thought out. So yeah, it, it does come, um, it, it comes organically, but also because we really care and we take the time. Thank you. Yep. Hey guys. Um, I work for TikTok. I actually uh, work with SoundCloud. So um, I think we all know the power of social media, but I wanted to ask you guys, what is the best thing you've done to promote yourself? What is the best thing you've done to promote yourself? <laughs> Just do it. Like, I feel like a lot of people hold back and they don't take advantage of social media. I feel like that's, that's a problem people are too self-conscious and think like, oh, I'm going to be cringy, I'm going to be corny if I post this, I'm going to be lame if I post this, my following might not fuck with it or whatever, but like, you don't really know what your following fucks with because there's a thousand more people out there that haven't even heard of you yet. So just put yourself out there and just do it. Just, that's, that's my yeah. advice. Yeah, and just to elaborate on that, I mean, you know, we all got phones in our pockets. Uh, these are supercomputers, you know what I'm saying, in, 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 a, in a, the palm of our hand. And uh, there's a couple of things I want to say on this because even with social media, no matter what platform, no matter what your biggest following is, um, the algorithm and the way the system works nowadays, everything is gated. So if you have 10,000 followers, there's only 3 to 10% of them people that are, that are actually seeing your posts, right? And 1% even, and it depends, and it's all based upon who's commenting, who's liking, right? So you got to be consistent. Even your, your friends, your people that, that you talk to on a daily basis sometimes don't be seeing our posts. You can post something right now like, yo, I'm at the SoundCloud joint. Unless people are checking for you, they ain't going to know. So you got to stay consistent, right? Um, uh, Armani, Armani uh, White, right? He's a, uh, I was talking about him earlier. He has that song, right? Billie Eilish. And... He's one of the, the, the few artists in the recent times. I mean, he, his shit went viral on TikTok, right? We see a lot of songs break on TikTok. They go crazy. They, ha they start having people make remixes and, and videos with these songs. Now, the issue, some of the issue is that you get these, we live in an era now where the youth and, and the younger generation, they're only used to hearing 10 to 20 second clips of the music. So therefore they go to the Steve Lacey concert and they're only singing, they only know the first 15 seconds, right? But what I like about someone like Armani is that he 
when his song started started breaking, I seen him use that song every every post he was doing, a photo, video, story, reel. He kept using that song over. So it was already going viral, right? He was already having his moment, and most artists would be like, all right, cool, on to the next. But he just kept, and I mean, it's almost like one could argue, like, all right, we've heard it, we get it, right? But he kept remi- he kept posting everything using that song for uh, six months to a year straight. Now, you know, he's on a TV show, like, he, he's performing the song. He, he got signed to a label. I think he got Billy Eilish's attention. I mean, the song's probably platinum now. You got a publishing deal. So there's so many people that to some, like, like people that follow him already heard the song, but to the rest of the world, it's brand new. You know what I mean? So everybody has their own timing of when they find you, when they find out about your business, when they find out about your art. And the last thing I was going to say is using him as an example is that he kept promoting himself over and over. Uh, the last thing I will say is too often we see artists especially they they promote an album or a single and they talk about it for like two weeks it's like the two week or four week rollout and then they stop talking about it they have a, a couple of fit pictures and they're, they're acting too cool and that works for somewhat people you know what i mean um but for a lot of artists it's like you got to stay consistent you got to keep pushing yourself and you got to keep posting and keep t- let, let's like champion talking about your art and your work and your business more than a month just keep talking about it six months out you know tyler the creator talked about that a year out still talking about your album like it just came out and so i think that's super important well thank you all for your time today and for being a part of this panel and i think to the audience to some of the key points i think that are important to to emphasize are that being relentless with your promotion and marketing, being shameless in your marketing, being consistent, reliable, truthful, organic, and honest. You know, um, that's what I'm, that's what I've kind of heard and shared from, from you guys. And I, I, in my own doings as well, I feel as long as like, we're here for a marathon, not a sprint. And I, I think for all of you guys, we've been working 10 years in the game and uh, behind the scenes. And it's about just being reliable, consistent, and a good person with great intention. And um, it's incredible to know that you guys have been working for so long and your intentions, you stated them and you got to the end point and it's still going. And that's why I wanted to, wanted to, I'm so glad that I got to hear, I guess, how you guys handle these no's because I think as a creative, we consistently are kind of looking and comparing ourselves to others and uh it's just so important to know that it's not it's not all pretty it's not all collaboration doesn't always work out for the best but when it's the right time it's going to happen in its own way so thank you so much for your insight and um this was an awesome conversation and thank you for being here thank you norma (laughs) make some noise for norma for hosting and make some noise for yourself thank you soundcloud for having us for being a blessing starting our careers and yeah love shout out to Denny's <laughs> we'll be back in a bit for the next panel um, with, with We Good and Dizzy and folks so don't go too far <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>